God is here, church. I think that scripture, Romans 8, 28, we can easily get mixed up with it, but I don't believe that God, you know, we walk and we do, we do things that are wrong. We make mistakes, and I don't believe God's a part of that. I don't believe God's a part of our sin. God's not a part of our sin, but he will use what you have walked through for good if you will walk with him. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're facing, good or bad, some of it is, is God working in your life. Some of it isn't. How many of you know sometimes it's not God working in your life? But God can use that for good if you will turn to him. I have made so many mistakes in my life, and every time that I've turned to the Lord, he has used them for my good. So I want to encourage you. You may be coming in here broken. You may be coming in here not knowing where to go. I want you to know there is a place to go. There is one way, and that way is through Jesus Christ. You may not know him, but we want to introduce you to him today. Jesus Christ, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He's what you've been looking for. So I want to encourage you, open up your hearts today and say, okay, I hear you, Pastor. I've heard that said before. But, but Lord, if you're real, I want you to speak to my heart today. Just ask him to, because he will. He is longing for you. His arms are open and wide. Come to the altar. Your price was paid by the blood of Jesus. Already paid for. You just need to step into it. All right. Let's move on. We're going into vision. It's where we've been over the last few weeks. We're going to be here about another two weeks, about another three weeks. I think it's maybe three weeks. Um, uh, two weeks after today. But let's read over it again. Our vision is to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, reaching our community through genuine relationships as we share the hope that we have found in Jesus. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. It's important that we get that in our hearts. If that's where the Lord is leading us, that we follow. Amen? We need to follow. It says in Proverbs 20, 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. I can see it. I can see that where I haven't had vision, it has dried up and died. It has left me confused. It has left me not knowing where to go and unable to go. But when I start to have vision, when I start to see where we're going, um, I let my, my daughter is 15 and she's driving now, and I'm trying to get her to see the next turn before it's there. Visualize where you're going. Visualize every stop. Now, every child does not see it the same way. I've got some kids that only see what is right in front of them, but incredibly smart. I have other kids that can see 15 turns down the road. We see differently. We are a body made up of different people that do things differently. Not bad, just different. How many of you know you married somebody that's different than you? <laughs> exactly. We must have vision. And when the two of us have the vision together, even though we go different paths, we get there differently. We see the same goal, we go get it, and she will sometimes see a turn that I didn't see. She'll see a roadblock that I didn't see, or I'll see one. I'm telling you, when she, when, whenever we have a student driver in the car, and both of us, my wife and myself, are in the car, it is bad. I feel for my child. Because they are getting, in stereo, confusion. 
one saying this, the other one saying that. And I told y'all this story one time about when Pete was, or maybe it was Rita Marie learning to drive. We're going down the road, and all of a sudden Elizabeth yelled out, Hug it left! <laughs> Hug it left? What does that even mean? She goes, I don't know, but go left. I mean, language, new language coming out of our mouth sometimes when, anyway. So we do things differently. We're going to see things differently. But I believe that the heart of the Lord here is that we be transformed by him. Do you remember what transformed is? Is being having our minds changed, thinking differently, reaching our community through genuine relationships. I hope you first-time guests today recognized us re trying to reach you by relationship, not just shaking your hand and saying we're glad you're here, but asking questions. Who are you? What are you going through? What's going on in your life? Where did you come from? We want to connect with you. It is not a, just about a one-hour service. It's about family. And as we grow as a family, taking what we get in here, being filled with the Spirit, filled with love, filled with the power of God, and take that out and share that hope that we have found. Because I want you to know there is hope. You may have come in here without hope. You're going to leave here with hope. Because what I'm going to offer you and what this body's going to offer you is Jesus. We're going to offer you Jesus. And I have hope. It says in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who run, that he may run who reads it. Elizabeth and I, or at least I have a good testimony in that every time I write down a goal, I almost always reach it. If I'll just write it down and have it in front of me, I'll reach it. But if I don't write down a goal, you know the expression, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But if I, when I write my goals down, I typically reach them. Some of them are really huge goals that I'm still trying to reach, but I'm still going. But it, write it down, it's scriptural. Write it down so that those that are with you will see it and run. It's time to run, church. Amen? So as we see the big words here on the screen, uh, let me just put it back up. Our vision will be on the main screen, but here too, as we see family and transformed, um, reaching our community through genuine relationships and hope. Those are kind of our big topic words. But we are going to unravel this and unwrap this vision as we begin to implement it into our body and begin to work. We're going to do it through worship, worshiping, through equipping, through relating, through reaching. Elizabeth was praying this morning, and I don't know if you know this, but I was a worship leader before I was the pastor, and my heart is to worship. I love to worship. I don't, I don't necessarily like to even lead every song, but I love to worship, and I love to worship with a body of believers. I love to be around people that worship. I love to feel like that we're, that I not just feel like, but to experience the presence of God as though we are standing around the throne. Right in front of the king, worshiping him with everything that we have. All of a sudden, all my issues, all my stuff is, is out of my mind, and my mind is on just lifting up the name of the Lord. There is an incredible thing that happens when my heart and my soul and my spirit engage in worship. So we're going to unravel this vision through worship, through our worship service, but also today through equipping. And I will just warn you, I can't hardly do this part in one Sunday, let alone four Sundays. Scriptural equipping, the, the, the scriptural basis behind equipping. 
but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to go quickly. But we're looking at equipping. To be equipped, listen to me now, to be equipped and to equip. We have a role to play to be equipped and to equip. Are you with me? We cannot do this in a 30-minute sermon on Sunday. Equipping cannot be done once a week for 30 minutes. It is a lifestyle. It is a, um, it is a goal to go after and reach daily. Think about how long it took you to get up to speed at your job. You change jobs, you go through training, and then they throw you out to the wolves. And it takes time. Just this week with me stepping back into worship, I've had to think differently. And even though I felt like this morning went well, my head's still kind of spinning just from the process. Think about how long it took you to get up to speed to your marriage. I mean, the honeymoon was great. Then you come home. It's like, oh God, what have I done? Who is this person? I thought I knew them. And the Lord would say, no, you don't. This is a process. You're going you're to get equipped to be a good husband. You don't just come out of the womb a good husband. You don't just say, I do, and you're a good husband. It's an equipping, and you better start getting equipped, or you're going to get beat down. Beat down by your wife, get beat down by Satan, get beat down by finances, get beat down by circumstances. You're going to get beat down. Well, okay, I better get equipped. Change my wife. The Lord says, no. Isn't that what we always pray? God, change her. Oh, man, if you just change her. No. Change me. Turn your thinking. Get transformed. Be equipped. Still trying to get prepared. But if we, if we were to look, at, and I'm, I'm not going to read this scripture to you. Let, let me give you this scripture. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. I love this scripture. I don't know if you know this one. Oh, shoot. Is that what I want to do? I'm going to show you two of our, uh, um, what do we call these, flip over. Do you all have your bulletin? Our, uh, I've got a, inside your bulletin has the, what does it say on the back side? Core value, thank you. <laughs> God, my head is still spinning. One of our core values today, uh, uh, that we're, as we unwrap those four topics, equipping families is of utmost importance to us as we impact our community. I was talking to Joe Spicer at the greeter door today. I don't know if you know Joe, but if you come through that door, you get one of the best greetings we have here at this church. Joe Spicer just knows how to love on people. But we were talking about the breakdown of families in America. And you know what? That's got to happen in church. That's got to happen in our small groups. That's got to happen in a small way. It's not going to happen in a big way. Families getting equipped, getting uh, prepared for what's going on out here in our world. And that's what we're here to do as, at Church on the Hill is to equip families. But also, we are continually raising up leaders who mirror Christ. Again, this is equipping. Now, to the scripture I want to show you. Proverbs 18, 16. I love this scripture. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Do you know you don't have to go fight for your spot? God will make room for your spot. I want to do something, and I have not prepared these people. This may just be a complete disaster, but so be it. Uh, Colin and Pete, come up here. And Colin, get your, uh, get your uh, uh, cello up and going. Come on, Pete. 
I am going to make you look stupid, but just get ready for it. <laughs> Come on, Pete. Can you, whatever the bottom piece that sticks out, can you pull it out and get your uh, bow? Okay. So imagine Pete comes into church and the Lord's telling him he needs to get equipped and he's come in here and he's ready to get fired up and all of a sudden the cello, come up here Colin, I'm going to get you out of your seat, it's just going to be uncomfortable. Saying this and the Lord says, okay, I want you to hand it to Pete. We're not going to break it, all of it. Yeah, now play Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Wish I was. Good enough. Everybody give him a round of applause. Call it. No, no, no. Leave it. You play, you play us something. You can, you can pick it. You can go away, Pete. No, don't play Rocky Top. Play your song. Not Rocky Top. Just play a song you know. Give him a round of applause. That was awesome. Equipped? Not equipped. Now, there are some that walk this earth that have never touched a cello or an instrument before and can be laid right in front of them and then just play. There's not many like that. I am definitely not that person. But that did not happen overnight. Number one, the Lord gifted him. Number two, he accepted the gift in him. Number three, he worked. That did not just happen. He worked the Lord has gifted you. Can you just say, I have a gift? You do. Do you know who says so? God. He gifted you at birth. And I believe he gifted you before birth. He knew who you were before you were ever a sparkle in your daddy's eye. When he was forming you, he gifted you. But we walk in here and this gift gets maybe the pastor or maybe someone around you or someone starts saying, hey, I believe the Lord's gifting you in this area. That does not mean you can pick up a cello and start playing it. It means there needs to be some equipping. When you come into church and you come in to, to experience the Lord and the Lord starts tugging on you, and you know church is not just to be here to just come to a service. Church is a body. Church is a work and in progress. Church has a purpose that's not just Sunday morning. The church is the most powerful entity in this earth but not because of the worship service, but because of you connected to each other and what we can do together. There is so much more. We have just missed it when it comes to the power of church. God is equipping you. Now, it talks about the talents. I don't know if you know the scripture. Usually we hear the parable of the talents when it comes to the offering. But do you know that the master gave, some, gave out some talents, gave one one, gave one two, gave one five. 
Carl, I'm going to give you five. Justin, I'm going to give you two. Jonathan, I'm going to give you one. Sorry, you're the, I'll, I'll let you give you two. I'll give you one. Yeah, Justin gets paid here. I'm going to beat him up just a minute. You get the one. You get two. Carl, you get five. Carl goes to work, puts his five to work, makes ten. Jonathan goes to work, puts his two to work, makes four. Justin buries his in the sand. So the master comes back. Okay, I want to hear what you did. What did you do with what I blessed you with? I gifted you with something. You didn't have to work for it. I gave it to you. What would you do with it? Carl says, I put it to work. This is what I did. I made, I made the 510. Well done. Jonathan, what would you do with the two I gave you? Put it to work. This is how I did it. They didn't do it the same way. They did it differently. You put it to work, made four. Justin, what would you do? Bought savings bonds. Great. Actually, you didn't. There would be a little return for that. You buried it in the ground because you saw me as being a hard person that it would be demanding what I gave to you. So you were afraid. In fear, you buried it. And what did the Lord do? Blessed the one with five, started with five, blessed the one with two, took the one away, and gave it to the guy that had the most. Now go figure. That's God. You've got to work it. God blesses you with a gift. It is not for you to bury it. It's not for you to run. Every time the Lord says, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I, I think the Lord's telling me that you would probably be good at this. And so many times it's like, oh, God, no, no, no. I've heard that before. That's God. I've heard that before. And uh, no. I tried that once and it didn't work out. I picked up the cello and tried to play Mozart and it came out chopsticks. What'd you expect? It's your first shot. You know, the Lord called me into sound, and I didn't have a clue of what to do. I wanted to come in here and order everybody around. I wanted for it to just sound like the most beautiful thing ever, but it didn't. And you know, the worship leader that was over me at that time just let me learn, hung in there with me, encouraged me. She needed me. And I needed her. And I started to grow and started to grow and started to grow. And you know what? When they first asked me, I said, no. No, I've never heard that before. You're a crazy person. I've never done sound. No. Then the Lord put it in my heart. They asked me again. Equipping does not happen overnight. If you're not growing, if you're not being equipped, if you haven't found your gift yet, it's time. God's gifted you here. God's gifted you in your marriage. Do you know Elizabeth and I started to figure out what each other was good at and also what each other wasn't good at? Well, I'm not going to fight that. I'm going to let her be good at what she's good at. And she's going to let me be good at what I'm good at. And try not to kill each other when we get in that middle ground. But she is so gifted. Early in our marriage, she kind of struggled thinking she wasn't an organized person. But I will tell you, she is incredibly organized. Gifted. You are gifted. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now remember, this is part of our vision. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is, uh, Savannah, you just take it from me. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 13. Some of us, thank you, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. 
do you know that this is by, this is tearing down walls that we place up, especially even in church, when it comes to race or religious background or whatever it is that you're walking through, even, I'm, I'm kind of losing my voice, even sin. Sin does not disqualify you from being in church and in a body. Jesus came back for the sinner. Because you're struggling with sin qualifies you for church. Now, you need to change. It's not my job to change you, nor is it the body's job to change you. That's the work of the Lord in you. It's our job to love you and get you working and get you in the right environment to be able to say no and get you around other people that have gone through it before. I've been through what you've gone through. I've been there, and this is the result of that. I want to tell you, this is how I got out of it. And I'll walk with you. This place is a hospital. It's not a morgue. This place is a place for people that are bleeding and dying and hurting to get restored and put back to work, to go help those that are bleeding and dying outside this place. You have a part in the body, and the body is made up of different parts. Thank you, Larry. Bless you. I'm not going to take that, but I'll take this. Thank you. My dad once said, don't ever drink while you're uh, preaching. Because it's distracting to the viewer. But please forgive me just for a second. My dad was a man full of wisdom. So I've always tried not to drink water. But if I'm dying, I think I should get a drink. Different backgrounds, on purpose. You may say, man, my background just messes me up with people. No, it doesn't. It qualifies you to help someone. Yeah, pastor, but you don't know my background. You don't know mine. Chew on that for a minute. Different history, different views. One body, one spirit, different parts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now these gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Did you hear that? It's easy to let my words just fly right over you. What's the purpose of church? For us to come under these giftings, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, because their responsibility is to equip us to do his work and build up the church. Your part in church is to get built up and to start to pour in. Get built up and start to pour in to build the church. Everybody say amen. Is that what it says? And look what happens. Verse 13. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Anybody here full and complete stand, meet the full and complete standard of Christ? I know I don't. I don't feel like I even come close, but I'm moving that direction. I know I am. I know I am. Now, I still have moments where I feel like I've fallen back, but as long as I get back on track, the Lord puts me right back on. Yeah, you made a mistake. That's okay. We all make mistakes. Well, not my son, but everybody else makes mistakes. This is God talking to me. Yeah, my son did make a mistake. But everybody else makes mistakes. And I sent my son for that mistake. 
if you didn't ever make mistakes, I wouldn't have had to have sent my son. Can y'all translate when I start speaking like God would be speaking? It's not me, it's God. Yeah. I'm looking at you like, am I speaking Chinese? Let me go back. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I want you to know, we, I believe that all five of those offices are represented here. Some just don't know it. You just don't know it yet. I don't believe the, that God has put a body together that isn't fully equipped or fully prepared to be equipped. I believe there are evangelists out there. I believe that there are prophets out there. I believe that there are teachers out there. What did I leave out? I believe there are pastors out there. And I believe there are apostles out there. I know there are. I know some. But John this morning, I believe, is a, one of our prophets in this church. Don't ignore that. Don't reject that. When the Spirit of God moves, pay attention. Line it up with God's Word. Go chew on it. I believe Pastor Justin is a prophet. You ever need the Spirit of God to speak directly to you? Ask Justin to speak over you. Just ask him. It is one of those things that when you really operate in that office, sometimes you can turn the light switch on and off. Now, for me to prophesy over you, it's going to take a move of God in my heart to happen. It ha it's happened. I've done it before, but I'm not a prophet. However, I can prophesy. Can you kind of follow that? It's getting a little bit deep. I'm not meaning to go too far here. But this is to equip God's people to do His work and build up His church, the body of Christ. And I want you to catch this in verse 13. Can you go flip back forward to 13? This will continue. The church will never stop until Jesus comes back. Those that are wanting to say the church's day is over is wrong. The church will never stop. Jesus is coming back for the church. The problem is we've just gotten a little bit off track. We, me. Verse 14. So as we're walking through this, this is all in uh, building on each other. The next verse. Then will we, no, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. There's a lot there. I'll unpack that one in just a second. Verse 15. Instead, we speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you see the intention of church is to get you where you're supposed to be? Not so that you can be the slave in the church. No, so that you can step into the will of God and Him begin to bless you under that will. You know, if you have a dad that dies and he's so wealthy, poured on all this blessing, you come under that will and he's wanting to give it all to you. When you come under it, you get it. The will of the Lord. Think about that as if you were to ever go through an estate issue, what that will reads is how they handle it. When we come under the will of the Lord, we can't miss it. Are you with me? So this is talking about us being equipped in the church. When we are equipped within the church by God's uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. Forget that one. Then what happens? We will no longer be immature 
we won't be tossed and blown about with every circumstance that throws us off. So many marriages, all it takes is a little wind to blow them off track. So many people with their budget, all it takes is a new thing to come out for you to go blow your budget. When we come under the authority of the Lord and allow Him to equip us, get full of His Word and His Spirit, when those things pop on the screen, I don't know about you, but now when infomercials and when stuff comes on the screen that even interests me, I'm pretty good at being able to say, I would love to have that, but no. That does not fit my plan. If it fits the plan, I'll get it. But it doesn't fit the plan. I believe when we have truth in our heart and the enemy shows up and tries to throw us off, we can identify it. That word you just spoke over me was a work of the enemy. I know it to be not true and I don't accept it. Go away. I once had somebody tell me that because I was drinking a Diet Mountain Dew that I would not see the graduation of my kids. I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Don't ever say that over me again. If that's all you've got to say to me, don't talk to me anymore. And everybody cleared my office. I'm not kidding. I had a crowd around me, and somebody spoke that I would not live to see my kids graduate. Well, I rebuke that. Now, they were saying it in jest, but I took it seriously. You will not speak that word over me. No. Somebody say Amen. Don't take that stuff. When Satan shows up at your door, shut the door. It says to resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So when the devil shows up at your door, don't answer it. Submit to God and bolt the door. He'll go away. I promise. It's the word. So do you hear me? This is what you get when you come into church and start to get equipped. You start to get truth. And when fall shows up, you identify it. This only happens in the church. This equipping. This is what the body of Christ is for. Some of, this, some of these pieces in this puzzle can only be done within the church. This equipping happens in the church. In the body of Christ. wore out you plug in you find your part and growth comes do you know that scripture says that uh, the spirit of truth that the spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth right and it also tells us that he will direct our path that God will direct our path or he will direct our steps do you know that if you don't take a step God can't direct it you have to step you have to step. You may be sitting there saying, well, nobody's ever told me to go to the sound booth. Well, quit waiting. Start asking. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Can we pray together? Well, sure, we'll pray. What do you like to do? What are you good at? What would you do for free? <laughs> I don't mean it really that way. That came out funny, but literally, when I got in sound... I spent more time back there than I did at my job. And I was getting paid to do my job, but my heart was there. Nobody had to call me and tell me to be there. I wanted to be there. But you've got to start walking. Do you know that God is not pleased except by faith? And faith is moving. Faith is you moving. 
you're going to have to get aggressive and say, I want what God wants for my life. Do you know people don't come up to my door and say, the will of the Lord for your life is this. I would love that. Please, God, you've got my phone number. Just call me and tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. No, it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes the Lord gives me something in my mind. A lot of times it's my wife that just starts encouraging. She told me 16 years ago, 11, about 15 years ago, that the Lord was giving me a heart for worship. I already knew it. The Lord had already planted that in my heart, but then she came up and confirmed it. I'd never told her. God's got a great plan for you, but you need to start walking. You need to start moving. You need to start asking and getting around people, getting around spirit-filled people, getting around people that have the same spirit. Have you ever been around somebody that did not have the same spirit as you? That's not the people I'm talking about. One body, one spirit. And I want you to know here at Church on the Hill, we're for you. We are for you. And God's got a great plan for you. A plan to prosper. A plan to bless you. Plug in. Not getting tossed around or wrongfully influenced. God, and did you catch this in the scripture? Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. You know, as you start to step out and try, and it's not the right spot, God will say, that's okay. I'm going to move you right here. There's where you are. But I needed you to move before I could put you there. Romans chapter 12, verse 4, and I'm going to close with this one. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong together. You have a part, you have a function, God has a plan. I want to encourage you to grab hold of this vision. Put it up on your, uh, your refrigerator. Begin to pray over it. God, is this, you know, can I buy into this? The pastor's asking me to buy into this vision of being transformed, reaching our community through genuine relationships. That means you need to develop genuine relationships. Would you grab hold of this with us? This is where we're going. God's got a great plan. This Wednesday night, we start our family meals again. 6.30, they're $3 a piece. And it is for the intention of connecting. We want to connect with you. We did it back in May, and we had so many incredible connections, and it grew. It went from about 30 or 40 to 80 in four weeks. So I want to encourage you. It's good food. It's good times. And bring brownies. We need you to bring brownies. Bring your favorite brownie recipe. Um, if you would like a little bit of a message, a small group forum, kind of a uh, just a good um, uh, growing in the word uh, small group time, we're going to do that just before service from 6 to 6.30. So please come out. Change your schedules. Bring some families. Invite people to come eat. People will eat. You invite somebody to eat, they'll take you up on it. If you can find some people that, are, that don't have the money, bring them, pay for them. If you can't pay for them, we will find a way to pay for them. Let's reach our community. Let's reach each other. And let's start growing together. Amen?
Amen. Well, you guys stand up with me, and I just want to bless.